show it's thursday night again we're checking in week eight and the super west this episode we're talking about oregon and ucla that's the big matchup this weekend we're going to touch on air force versus boise state which is another interesting matchup this time in the mountain west we're going to finish with arizona state against stanford nick is good to go Audio issues should be fine we've worked those out Nick, what do you what do you think of this Oregon UCLA match? A college game day, Bruins haven't won in Eugene since two thousand and four. What's your take on this matchup? So my take is immediately you need to look at Oregon's offensive line and how they're going to really control this game. I think that is going to be the difference. Um, I think it's going to be very close and hard fought. That's for sure. Um, but I think that the way this line opens up holes for, you know, um, Marquise Irving, Noah Whittington. Um, I don't know why I called him Marquise Bucky over here. That's his full name. But um, <laughs> I would like to see um, just really one of these guys kind of match UCLA's um, presence, you know, with Zach Charbonnet. I feel that Oregon hasn't had that standout player this year. Um, obviously, they're just so good collectively. They've been able to make it work. But, um, again, Bucky Irving has, like, 429 yards this year, uh, which is solid, but it's nothing, you know, to jump off the page. Uh, no, Whittington's helping out with 336. Um, they're both averaging pretty solid numbers in 7.2 and 6.5 yards per carry. But, again, this just explosive next-level element I haven't seen, and I would like to see that. I think that these guys really can do it because um, if you're not going to do that, UCLA is proven on the other side with uh, Zach Charbonnet. Um, DTR has proven me wrong the last two weeks. And um, um, who am I blanking on? What's that good receiver's name? Jake Bobo. Yeah. So I'm um, that. Yeah, exactly. So that combination um, is going to move the ball. They're really solid. And DTR has proven an absolute gamer this year. So I'm expecting UCLA to put up a lot of points. Um, Again, just that trifecta on offenses. Um, tough to stop. You have a really nice physical running back in Charbonnet, but you can also throw like a nice little shimmy shake, nice little soft leg. Um, just a really solid um, kind of uh, provides a veteran presence, runs like really good routes, um, just creates nice throwing lanes for DTR. And uh, DTR is just everything else. Um, he's been their spirit. He's been their lead. He's, he's just been absolutely phenomenal this year. So you know they're going to put up points, um, even though it's in Oregon. Um, it just it, – they're going to put up points. I mean, this offense is too good. Um, and so, hopping back over the Ducks, though, I just want to see who else is going to help out maybe like receiver as well. Um, you're looking at um, – I'm thinking like Troy Franklin has to be that guy. Uh, maybe Chase Cota. Uh, Troy Franklin has made a bunch of nice catches in traffic this year, um, but he hasn't necessarily, necessarily created um, big-time separation and I want to see if he's going to be able to do that um, against the UCLA cornerbacks. Um, again, just I'm not seeing this next-level um, player for Oregon. Um, could it be Chase Cota, per se? Um, has 279 yards in the year. Hasn't really had a huge, huge um, – I mean, he, he's done some things, but not a huge impact. And so um, I'm just wondering who is going to be that guy for Oregon. We know who those guys are for UCLA, but who's it going to be for the Ducks? And um, bottom line, I think I've been talking long enough here, going to – Send it over your way, uh, your 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 way, something like that. Um, I do think that the Ducks' um, offensive line is really gonna 
um, just have just enough. I picked Oregon to win 38 to 31. And in my writing, I said, time to go splashing in the pond. So I do think uh, some of those skill position players are going to step up, whether it's Bucky, whether it's Noah, um, whether it's uh, Troy. I think one of them is going to step up, whether, um, yeah, just one of those three guys, really. So uh, what are your thoughts? You think that uh, UCLA can do it down at Autzen? And you also think that um, this game may bring a bit of life back and maybe nostalgia and prestige back to Austin because it feels like maybe it lost a little bit of that uh, glow over the last couple of years. Yeah, well, with the college game day coming back, there is a lot of national attention um, on this game on the stadium. And it's a day game, so we're kicking off at, at 1230 Pacific time uh, on on Fox, I believe. So that'll be the big noon um, you know, the West Coast version of Big Noon. So there's a lot of hype, I guess, and anticipation for the matchup. So, yeah, it's certainly going to bring a degree of attention, at the very least, to Austin Stadium. I think the crowd is going to be rowdy. Um, you know, Chip Kelly's coming back there with the best team that he's had since coming to UCLA. So this is going to be the, the, the best shot that Kelly has to win at Austin Stadium. We all know the history of Chip Kelly there and what he did with that program. And so there's a bit of an extra nostalgia, right? Like you mentioned with Kelly coming back there, but with a very good team this time, not like the last few years where, you know, UCLA has been a little bit down um, for, especially for Chip Kelly's standards really hasn't met expectations up to this point, but you know, the program is changing there in UCLA. Really this it's, it's a matchup for me between two individuals. One's a coach and one's a quarterback. So we got Bo Nix, versus Bill McGovern. Uh, everybody knows Nick's. McGovern is the defensive coordinator for UCLA who's really turned the, the defense around and really made them who they are this season. In my mind, I don't think anybody was quite expecting UCLA's defense to be this good. Uh, the P PFF, that grading service, has uh, graded entire defenses this season. And the 16 teams that we cover in the Super West UCLA has the second best defensive grade. And if you had told me that at the beginning of the year, nobody would have believed that because it's UCLA's problem the last few years has been the defense. Remember Jerry Ozanero was there for so many years and their, their defense was just terrible. It was, it was okay at defending the run, but it was really poor at, at pass defense. And it's just, it's different now with a good defense and DTR is obviously killing it and Zach Charbonnet is also, you know, probably the best running back in the Pac-12. So like you mentioned, they're going to have the offense to score points. So for me, it's coming down to Bo Nix and how he handles the UCLA defense. Um, I think what they're going to do is try and get quarterback runs as a, a primary um, focus focal point, I guess. One of their, you know, high up on their game plan is going to be for Nix to run the ball. Um, I think if he is successfully able to, to move the ball on the ground, it's going to really open up both the running game, but also the passing game. And if he is unable to efficiently run the ball, like he has some of these games, I mean, he's gotten multiple games with, you know, several touchdowns on the ground. He's got some huge runs this season. If he isn't successful at doing that, I think Oregon is going to be, um, you know, possibly lose this game. I don't think they do. I think Oregon wins. I, I guess it could be rainy, which certainly benefits the ducks. So, there's a lot of factors that play into Oregon's favor that I think are really going to be, you know, the difference in the game, I guess, is just you know, UCLA doesn't go there and win. And there's a reason that teams can't, you know, 
year over year over year can't win in certain stadiums. And it becomes, first off, it's a talent thing and it's an execution thing, but it becomes mental and psychological after that. Like, you know, you're going to go into this building. It's going to be extremely difficult to win. And so if you get down early or late, you kind of give up just as a human, you know, reaction. And so I don't know if it's going to be like that this year for UCLA because DTR is clearly angry about the media projections or I guess the media interpretation of his skill. If you follow certain bits of Oregon Twitter, you know, they, they are, they're fairly well attacking him. Uh, DTR on the Twitter saying he's not very good. And if you pull out certain statistics, it kind of shows that he, he doesn't really have very good winning records against teams that finish above 500. And, the, you know, they all they always find stats that show, you know, whatever point they're trying to prove. But I think that's going to really motivate them. And UCLA is going to play great. I mean, I think they're going to play one of the best games of their season, but I don't think they're going to win. I think Oregon's just going to get it done at home. The home crowd's going to be a big deal. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be great. You know, 1230 kickoff, man, like that's at the beginning of the day and it should be, should be a fun one. So, all right, but that's enough for me, man. All right, let's, let's move to Air Force and Boise State. If you want to start it off, feel free. Otherwise I'll just keep talking, man. What do you got on this game? Um, so first off, I just want to say, cause I do think it's, uh, fair to acknowledge, um, we both did pick Oregon, but, um, what you're saying in regards to Oregon fans. Okay. First off, I have like stats up right now. And like, it just like in the background, there's a lingerie commercial. That's uh, kind of distracting. I was just trying to look at some <laughs> stats. Why is this on the stats page? Cosa Bila? My bad. F- fake advertising. Okay. Um, but no. Um, so like, um, I think that you were saying a lot of Oregon fans were kind of hating on, or maybe pulling up stats to make DTR look bad. And, um, that's not just anymore. Um, I was a huge DTR hater for the longest time. I mean, you heard me say two weeks ago, I wasn't a believer. Um, he proved me wrong two weeks ago. Um, was at Washington when he broke those guys in half. And then he proved me wrong against Utah and handled them comfortably. And uh, I still can't say he's my favorite quarterback in the Pac-12, but he is a damn good player. And uh, he's the reason UCLA is where they're at. So um, any stat that Ducks fans find against DTR, DTR is balling this year. And you better be ready to stop him. Uh, Dane and I bait, may have uh, both picked Oregon, but DTR is playing damn good football. Again, still probably not my favorite quarterback um, in the Pac-12 yet. Um, still probably got a little bit more to prove for me, but he, he's making really, really solid moves, and that does need to be acknowledged. Um, but hopping over to Boise State um, um, Air Force. So the thing for me here um, is – it does feel like ever since um, Bachmeyer left the program, uh, Boise State just has a newfound confidence. Uh, Taylor Green isn't perfect by any means. Is he going to be um, – uh, actually, let me look it up really quick here. Um, I know they had a, another guy um, starting a couple weeks ago, but um, either way, screw it. I'm going to go with Taylor Green for today. Hopefully it's not the other dude. I'd say Taylor Green isn't perfect, but um, he's, he's been a competitor. Um, and really just whoever's been there since Bachmeyer left, they've really started to put a couple wins together. I believe they beat like uh, Fresno State like 40 20 a couple weeks ago and uh, pulled out another victory. And um, they're just starting to kind of have that vibe. Um, playing a little bit smarter football feels like, uh, maybe taking a little bit less chances and really relying on their defense. Um, it's around uh, 20th in the nation in uh, points per game allowed. So Boise State is getting a little bit uh, more consistent. They got Halani at running back. Um, so they have some pieces. Um, uh, felt like, again, at the beginning of the year, they just didn't 
necessarily have an identity. Um, Boise State, um, historically, I don't know if they've ha- ever had an identity, kind of just a team that wins a lot of games. And now it feels like this team has really shifted to a more uh, defensive mindset. Um, again, just uh, Taylor Green um, can really um, kind of move the rock with his feet a little bit. Again, still very young, obviously, and a freshman. So um, we want to, you know, maybe expand the offense a little bit more. Or, um, you know, that may not happen this year. Uh, maybe just pushing the envelope um, too far as a freshman. But um, either way, um, the uh, it just feels like Boise State is starting to find their identity a little bit. Um, but with that being said, um, when it comes to Air Force, um, I mean, you just have to stop their option. Um, can Boise State do it? Uh, I mean, that's really um, – I mean, that's what it is. And you're running up that Boise State's, um, you know, 20th scoring defense in the nation. But if anyone's played Madden or NCAA football back when that was a thing, if you can't stop a particular play, um, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. And Air Force is really, really good at what they do. Um, they're not just like a scrub triple option team. They're a really solid team. They're at home. Um, you, you don't want to call them a prestigious football team um, or like historical, you, you know what I mean? They're not on that tier, but they have enough where it's you do need to respect them. Um, they've won some games. And again, just um, can you stop a system that they're going to execute damn near perfect and um, that should just be a matchup because I really like what Boise State does in their front seven. So um, how will Air Force um, how will Air Force align against Boise State's front seven? And um, will Boise State, you know, bring more guys up in the box? Um, you know, maybe press back. How are they going to attack the option? You know, are they going to look to hold it to maybe um, two or three yard gains and risk giving up the big play? Um, you know, or maybe um, kind of like allow five yards per option or five yards per rush play and maybe. Uh, sit back and try and hold them to three in the red zone uh, should just be an interesting approach. Um, I don't know if there's ever been a right answer against a triple option. Um, you just got to kind of hope and pray for the best and hope they don't execute it perfectly because when they do, it's really tough to stop. But um, Boise State, again, has a really solid front seven, and I think um, they're going to have enough to get it done. And for some reason, I didn't write a scoring. I'm glad that um, MC, or my bad, um, some random guy, um, like didn't call me on that, but I didn't write a score, but I picked um, Boise State to win the game. Hmm. Didn't write a score, and that's interesting. What's your take on the game, Dane? Well, I got Air Force winning, and I think primarily, well, one of the reasons is because they're at home, and it's going to be tough um, to win on the road against Air Force. Like you've been mentioning, Taylor Green has revitalized the program after Hank Bachmeyer um, transferred. If you remember, uh, Boise State went down to UTEP in El Paso and lost. And after that game, uh, I believe that's when Hank Bachmeyer left the program. Uh, Andy Avalos, I think, fired an offensive coordinator where there's some changes on the staff. And they brought Taylor Green in to run the show. We remember Green entered the game against Oregon State at the beginning of week one and ended up playing pretty well and getting them close enough uh, to make that game interesting. But for some reason, they stayed, they stuck with Bachmeyer. And he really didn't play that well when they were playing at, at home out there on the blue turf. The fans were booing because they didn't want Bachmeyer in. They want a green in. And you've seen what they've done now that green is running the show. The offense isn't the same. So Bachmeyer was more of a passing quarterback, and green is certainly more of a option runner. And so green will pass the ball, you know, maybe 15 to 20 times a game at the most. And he'll complete maybe 50% of his passes throw a touchdown and an interception. But what, what he does is he opens the, the run game, both the traditional hand it off to your running back type of play 
and the quarterback keeps, you know, the new age of college football. And so with a running quarterback who's, you know, talented enough and athletic enough to bust big runs, it really opens up the whole defense because they're focused on that running quarterback and there's just a hesitancy and lanes open for your running backs. And then you can hit them with a passing play and suddenly your wide receivers have more space because the defense is focused on either the quarterback or the running back. And next thing you know, it's a pass play, right? So you can, you can bust big plays like that. It just really works. It's modern college football. It's how a lot of teams do it. Um, it's really evolved, you know, over the last probably decade or so. But, yeah, Air Force and their option, man. I just I think it's going to be too much for the Boise State defense to overcome. I mean, yeah, you mentioned that the BSU defense has great numbers, and they are very good, and they're elite. But they haven't faced this type of offense before this season. I mean, this is like an elite triple option, right? This is a military institution where them guys just hand the ball off. It's either going to a fullback, the quarterback's keeping it, or it's going to several different running backs, you know, that they rotate often. And then every now and then they'll throw in a little pass for you. And the way that they do their passing, it's just like it almost always works because you're not expecting it at the time. And it's just it keeps the defense honest when they, they probably run maybe five, ten at the very most to passing plays a game. And so I just, you know, if this game was in Boise State, I would probably favor the Broncos. But because it's on the road out there uh, in Colorado Springs and there's a lot of hype around this game, I think Air Force is going to get it done. And I'm, I'm interested to watch that one. I think um, it's at a time where, uh, I mean, the kickoff time is after the Oregon-UCLA game. So some people will be turn- tuning into this one, certainly the Mountain West fans. Uh, and I think I probably will too. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. But, all right, let's jump to our last one of the day. So we got Arizona State and Stanford. Um, what do you think of this matchup? Stanford's coming off that win against Notre Dame. Arizona State is coming off a bye week after beating UW down in Tempe. Uh, Trenton Borgay was their backup quarterback for the Sun Devils who came in and did a good job to win that that game against the Dogs. But Emory Jones, the um, primary quarterback, is reportedly getting the start. So what's your take on this matchup, and who do you got as the winner? Hold up here. Let me me pull up some things really quick. Um, my first take off the spot is that I really just like uh, Tanner McKee and the way this Stanford team has bounced back. I think every single one of us wrote this team off. And really, if you look at them, they should have won two games in a row. I mean, if it wasn't for that, just depending on who you're cheering for, um, miracle reception for Oregon State or heartbreaking loss for Stanford. I mean, Stanford should have had victories against Oregon State and Notre Dame. And that's really impressive. So, um for a lot of us who've um, probably just entirely written off um, David Shaw, I think um, maybe a little bit of apologies is there. I mean, this program was dead and uh, now they're back. And I think just from a talent standpoint, um, I like Stanford more um, top to bottom here. I'm going to get the stats up right now, but um, I just, I just like Stanford in this game, man. Um, regardless of what I'm about to pull up here, I just really like the way Tanner McKee plays. I think that he could low-key be um, the best pro po- uh, pro prospect in the NFL. Um, Caleb Williams says the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. So does DTR. Um, um, Bo Nix is phenomenal, but there is something about Tanner McKee. Uh, liked him the first time I saw him. He just throws like a lot of like really um, cool 50-50 balls, um, reads the game at higher level, and um, 
you also got to hand it off, um, hand it to them because they could have folded when they lost EJ Smith. Um, and uh, Casey Philkins has stepped up and done like, I mean, he hasn't done enough or uh, as a whole bunch, but um, he's kept them moving a little bit. And um, one player I did want to shout out is uh, I believe it's Michael Wilson. Um, yeah, I just want to double check that name there. Um, at receiver, yeah. So Michael Wilson, um, he has uh, 418 yards and four touchdowns on the year, and uh, he started to really kind of find a connection. Um, Elijah Higgins, another name there, uh, has about 300 yards receiving for Stanford. So they're spreading the ball out. Um, you can even go a little bit deeper with Bryson Tremaine has 226 yards receiving and Philkins actually stepped up with uh, 203 yards. So right then and there, you have, um, over, uh, four receivers with 200 yards to around 300. And if you want to go a little bit deeper, you got tight end Benjamin Eurosec, 172 yards. And that's just the sign of a good quarterback. Again, this team, uh, probably should have folded, um, they had every reason to um, – they had every reason to fold and just give up and quit and say, <laughs> like, life sucks, it's over. Oregon State just pulled some miracle, you know, some miracle comeback, and um, they didn't. They kept fighting, so you just really got to hand your hats off to them, um, show your respect. And, um, yeah, um, they just kept fighting, man. And to respond last week with that win uh, against Notre Dame, as ugly as it was, even though it was only a couple field goals, um, or even though it took like three field goals to get it done uh, by Cardi, uh, they found a way, and no one expected them to go to South Penn and get a win. And um, I just expect them to really kind of carry that momentum over against ASU. Um, I know ASU, a nice victory against UW. I think it was just kind of, a collection of things. I think, you know, um, maybe just Sean Aguano did a great job that day or what, whatever it may be. It was just enough to, um, to just pull it off that day. Um, I don't think ASU has enough, um, top to bottom to compete against Stanford. Um, just think again, that Tanner McKee's too solid. Um, David Shaw's a long a lineage of coaching and with the Michael Wilson, Elijah Higgins, Bryson Tremaine combination, starting to get something going in the passing game. And I just don't know if uh, ASU can kind of – I don't know if ASU can really keep pace with them, to be quite frank. But uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I think the re- – one of the, I guess one of the reasons that I picked Stanford to win is ASU's secondary. And if you remember from last season, they had um, a really good secondary. I, Jack Jones right now is in the NFL for the Patriots playing really well. And they had a, a bunch of other good players in the secondary who either – graduated, went to the NFL, or transferred out. And so if when you're facing Stanford, like you mentioned, with a great quarterback and a good wide receiver and tight end group, they're going to throw the ball a lot. And so the matchups of a, a poor secondary or at least a, a weaker secondary than last year and, you know, our strength, one of the best wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, you know, com- combination groups probably in the Pac-12. Um, McKee is, a, you know, going to go to the NFL probably at the end of this season. And they have, you know, a, a group of wide receivers and tight ends that are very talented and extremely, um, you know, good. The, the problem that Stanford has is the run game. Uh, it's been the problem for the last few years. And like you mentioned, Philkins, Casey Philkins is stepping up now that Smith was out for the rest of the season. And he, he did a pretty good job. Like you mentioned, he's not doing enough. And so, you would like to see more efficiency and production out of the run game, but it's, it's, it's enough right now, at least to beat Notre Dame, who's really down this season is not a particularly good team this year. They got a first year coach out there and it was a rivalry matchup last week. 
um, it's a huge win for Stanford. And like you mentioned, they barely lost to Oregon State, who's a very good football team. So Stanford is not maybe as bad as their record reflects. So they got only two wins, but they're certainly a better team than that. And facing this type of defense this year with Arizona State, I just think they're going to hold the advantage. I think bottom line, they're going to score more points than ASU. Obviously, that's how you win a football game. But I think the offense versus the defense uh, matchup in this game favors Stanford for sure. And for Arizona State, so this is how I, I kind of expect it to go is Emory Jones to struggle a little bit because, you know, he wasn't playing that great. Or I don't know if it's the offensive scheme doesn't quite match his skill set. But he doesn't exactly run the ball as much as he did in Florida. And so he's not utilizing one of the aspects of his you know, arsenal that made him who he is. And so he's like handicapped, I guess, by the offensive scheme and system that they're running out there, or maybe he's unwilling to run as much. I don't know, but it's not the same Emory Jones that we saw at Florida. And so he, I, what I think is going to happen is he's going to struggle a bit and they're going to go to Borgay and Borgay is going to come in and play pretty well because the Stanford defense, I don't think is all that great. And Borgay, pretty much chopped and diced the Washington defense. It looked like Washington's defense, it was like a practice or like a scrimmage. And Borgay was just carving them up, play after play after play, making the right decision, right throw, accuracy, you know. And it just, I think he'll be able to do something similar to the Stanford defense because I don't think that group is particularly strong. Although last week they did play well. Uh, we got McGill who won the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week award. They returned corner um, Caillou Blue Kelly uh, for that Stanford game. So they had the best defensive game of their season last year or last week, and they played pretty well against Oregon State too. So I don't know, man. See, that's why I'm, I'm leaning towards Stanford. I just think Stanford's going to get it. It's going to be a close game. I think the spread is only three three points or something like that right now. So obviously the, the um, guys that can see the future in Las Vegas think it's going to be very close. So I, um, I'm expecting Stanford to win, but um, it's really interesting to see what happens with Borgay and Jones. I think that's the main storyline, at least for me, coming out of this game is quarterback battle, quarterback controversy in Tempe. And if, if Arizona State can win this game, man, Sean Aguano is starting to make a pretty convincing case uh, for the removal of that interim tag and, you know, signed up as the coach for the future there in Tempe. All right, but is there any other games you want to touch on? You got a random topic. What are we going to do to close this one out, baby? What do you got? What do you got, Nick? Man, a random topic, bro. A random topic. Forget every single person who doubts you. Forget every single person who's a hater because a lot of those people just don't believe in themselves. And, like, that's just the truth of life. And so a lot of people, they just live miserable existences. They just sit there, complain. They never do anything. They sit there and cry. They cry. They cry. They do the same things. And life's pretty good, y'all. Life's pretty good. We got Pac-12 football. We got Mountain West football. And keep going, my people. I mean, we got football. We didn't even know if the conference was going to be here this year. So, baby, life might – I wouldn't call you baby, Dane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's make that straight. But, baby, <laughs> let's just – let's just – enjoy what we have because there's a lot of freaking people who are so sad boo-hoo 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 cry me a river justin timberlake and life is freaking good that's all i gotta say baby 
Oh, yeah, and go Cougs. Can I say that too? <laughs> yeah, bro, dude. Whatever you want, man. That's uh, you got real. I'm here to say, you know, like same thing every week. Everybody, be safe, man. Crazy world out there. Just uh, you know, keep keep doing it, man. Keep waking up, going harder than the day before. You know, working harder than you've ever worked before, and good things will pan out in the end. So um, that was our be real moment. I seen that hashtag on Twitter or whatever, dude. We just we we just be real, man. We did it, dude. I can't believe it. <laughs> Darn tootin. <laughs> all, right, well, all right, man. Well, this is a good one. I'll see you again next Thursday. We'll see results from this week, and I'm sure it'll shake things up, especially with that Oregon game, UCLA, 12:30 on Saturday on Fox, I believe. So um, until then, everybody stay safe, and we'll see you then. 